Welcome to NFP, the Non-Fungible Podcast, with your host, D. Klein. Hey, this is NFP, the Non-Fungible Podcast, with me, D. Klein. Today's episode is brought to you by the Koi Network. Koi makes minting NFTs super easy and inexpensive. Just drag and drop your file using their NFT wallet, Finny, and Koi takes care of the rest. Minting costs as little as one cent, so you can create as many NFTs as you want. And when they're viewed by other people, you even earn Koi tokens that you can use to fund your next series. Check it out at koii.network. Conlin Rios, uh, welcome to NFP. I'm so glad you could join me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. For sure. Now, you are the founder of Async Art, one of the uh, influential platforms in the space, unique in that, you know, the focus is on uh, art that changes over time in one way or another. Uh, much of the NFT space is occupied by art that is, you know, static somewhat. And, uh, you know, that's, I think, what to me, in my mind, makes Async stand out. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, when I first got into NFTs, um, collecting a lot of, you know, static works, loving the fact that, you know, you can actually, you know, collect digital art, digital music, but also feeling that the medium was, it was like baby steps. It was kind of like the first step is like tokenizing existing art and music, but then like, all right, now that we have this new medium, which I do see NFTs as a medium, how can we use that to like grow what art and music can be? So mm -hmm. definitely. Yeah. And I mean, when we look back at what was it, 2019 when async kind of came into existence, is that accurate? Uh, yeah. So I dated in 2019 and then launched in 2020, February. Is that right? Okay. And I mean, at that time, you know, in the space, there was still, it was still pretty messy and chaotic and everybody was doing crazy stuff. And, you know, um, what was your first, you know, artist that you saw that kind of grabbed your interest? Because I know you're a collector. You have like something near a thousand yeah. pieces in your collection. Yeah. Um, I actually did a thread on this like a couple of weeks ago. I was just kind of yeah. looking at the chain. Yeah. And just seeing like, okay, what are some artists? Um, okay. So I know that the first artist who accepted a bid was Max Osiris on Super. Oh, right on. Okay. Yeah. That was, um, he wasn't the first person I've been on. Cookies but... piece, the, this artist cookies piece. Yeah. Art, yeah. Okay. So okay. you know the piece. Yeah. Artist cookies. Um, love the piece. Um, but I'd say like the first artist I interacted with was, um, I, I tell people a lot of this, uh, Connie digital, um, mm -hmm. because I was also checking out scent, which, you know, um, the social network, you know, uses like Ethan. Anyway, um, he was on there writing articles about crypto voxels and NFTs. And so, um, although I didn't collect from him at the, immediately, we were, we interacted a bit and we ended up doing a little collaboration on Twitter or I built him a Twitter bot in exchange for some NFTs. Um, so he was one of the first artists who really got me into, kind of showed me what, what was possible. Um, and then from there, I started discovering, you know, people like Coldy and a lot of money and so forth. Mm -hmm. And so when was it then in your experience of learning about these artists and so forth that you kind of conceived the idea of async? Yeah, so it was probably about six months after, because I started collecting during okay. the summer of 2019. Um, that's when I was collecting crypto voxel parcels. Um, people would just give away NFTs too. Like in CV, people would have like a like a, a vending machine or, or a box you click and you would like get like a PFP or something. So just kind of collecting um, uh, NFTs, not really spending a lot of money. Um, at that time, spending like 10 or 10 or 15 bucks at the most. Um, 
there was an initiative called Dow Saka, which was hosted from, uh, I think, Metacartel and Known Origin. And it was like a Dow ICO. So the idea was it was an ICO-ish uh, where like they raised funds to, to basically commission art around DevCon at the time and then sell the proceeds, sell the artwork and the proceeds of those artwork would return back to people who had raised the funds for the art in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was like my, my first big uh, NFT uh, expenditure was a piece from that, from Shortcut. Um, I think it was, I don't remember, it's about like, it was like $200 or something, but it was, it was a lot. Like I remember like sitting there with my finger over the button being like, is this crazy? Or, um, <laughs> and so just kind of stir steps, just kind of like ratcheted up yep. from like, you know, 10, 15, 20, 50, 200, and then spending more from there. Now, of course, now we're in a, you know, a bit of a market pullback. Yeah. And to me, it almost feels like an opportunity to kind of recapture that kind of authenticity of the art space, you know, because there's been so much just cashing in and focus on money you know and it feels like you know a lot of these people that maybe their first dabbling in the space was you know uh some nft they picked up of uh you know i don't know a penguin or something and now they're going hey you know what i want to collect some actual art absolutely i I talk about this as well on twitter how like now that you know some of the hype and the fomo have died down um i think we were kind of in the middle of drop culture this idea yep. that like you drop art or music and people should just FOMO in and buy it immediately without thinking about what it is. It's one, it's not sustainable. Two, it's not how like, it's not how we buy art and music. Like no one goes to a bookstore and it's like, all right, you got to find what you want to buy in the first two minutes and then run out. Or, you know, you go to a and record flip store. flip it immediately. And then go outside and sell to the dude outside <laughs> the street. outside and sell your record that yeah. you just bought. <laughs> yeah. And same thing for, yeah, the records, you know, we used to go to Tower Records and stuff like you would actually listen to music and be like, oh, I like this. And like, you know, bookstores, you come back and it's like, oh, you know, I like that over time. Same thing with art, you know, art doesn't sell immediately. It takes a while for it to hit you and for it to resonate. And then like maybe three months later, come back and like, all right, this piece really connects with me again. I want to, I want to own it. So I'm, I'm actually glad that we're in this pullback of, uh, in, in a way, uh, because it allows actual projects with legitimate creators and legitimate stories to really get more attention as opposed to getting everyone in this mode of like, all right, what's the next drop this week? Um, so, yep. yeah, yeah, I think there's an authenticity to it. That'll kind of rise through again and, uh, yeah. you know, kind of boil off this, you know, it'll get down to like a nice glaze, you know, of something mm. people really mm. value as opposed to kind of, <laughs> you know, we got to boil off the, you know, the liquid that's kind of sitting there, not really yeah. doing much in terms of value. Um, yeah, it reminds me of, you know, as a kid, um my friends and i what we would do is every sunday we would drive over to the big library downtown and we would take Mm -hmm. out records you know and that's how i found like led zeppelin and that's how i found you know just awesome music was you know that access to that music and that experience of kind of just being able to you know dabble around and of course i know for you music is a huge thing and that's a new thing with async as well you know um Talk about this uh, move into this generative music blueprints uh, yeah. feature that you now well, have on Async and how you got there. If I could just touch on that, that story for one moment, like I think that, so that process of going back to the library over time, yeah. interacting with the music again over time and getting into it, that sort of experience will turn you into a lifelong fan of exactly. the artist. So much more, it's much better to have a lifelong fan like that who follows you, goes to your concerts, buys your records, buys your merch, believes in you, as opposed to, all right, I got your attention this week. 
for a quick drop, and then now I'm on to the next thing. So anyway, I'm I, I'm glad that we can get get back to that model. Um, yeah. So async, you know, when it first launched, 2020, it was all about visual art, no audio, just about right. interactive art where people could own layers of their work. 2021, the next year, uh, we brought the same model to audio. So we introduced a concept where you know a, a music song could be broken up into stems, and people could own stems and affect the the song. Um, and th those, that was interesting for music, but it wasn't quite the right model. Um, so it's so what we actually call ASIC Music Classic now, um, because music has a much wider audience than art. And mm -hmm. so, you know, you don't want like, you know, we, we try to have a model where there's like these minted editions and, and uh, where, where fans could listen to the song and, and curate the current snapshot. Um, but the model that we've moved to now is much more inclusive and it's generative music. So, um, and generative art. So rather than actually tokenize the, the layers of your work before, the artist is basically setting a parameter, like a, a set of parameters for how the art or music can be generated. Um, and so, you know, if you follow like art blocks or, or FX hash, um, those are kind of, you know, the ideas. And generative artists existed before that, but those are kind of two platforms that really popularized this. And um, so, yeah, now, now you can, the creator can specify the parameters for how the work is generated and then an addition count. And that addition count can be much wider and offered at a much lower price point. So rather than try and find five people who are willing to spend, you know, $10,000 each, you can offer to 50,000 people who are willing to spend a dollar um, each in theory. Right. You know, and what's interesting with that, I imagine, is, you know, the complexity of the layers, you could really go crazy oh, with that with music. Yeah, you can have a song, you know, there's some tracks that are now live that have like, you know, a billion combinations um, because exponentially you can have, you know, 10 the bass has 10 possibilities the lyrics have 20 possibilities the the piano has 30 possibilities and then you know all the iterations and quickly get up pretty pretty fast can, can you get like a really rare run that's just like purely a vocal track like some kind of yay rant you know kind of thing <laughs> yeah so the, the the creator can specify <laughs> the rarity percentages that, that's funny okay. like one of the tracks is just like him ranting um uh, <laughs> the, the rarity percentages to so give like ah this lyric is 50 percent chance of happening Oh, but this lyric is the special 5% chance. Um, right. So you can do that. Or alternatively, you can provide a legendary um, addition. And a legendary is like a unique, only one of that type will be visible in the entire collection. So think of it like, like if you played Diablo back in the day, you remember yep. you'd have like, a, yeah, okay. So you have like, you know, um, you'd have like Frost Axe of the Bear. And that was yes. like a like a an uncommon an item, attribute, like, yes, right. An attribute. Whereas you'd have an item that was an orange that would be like the butcher's cleaver, and that was like yes. only one of those. And so that's a legendary, basically. Okay, wild, wild, wild. Okay, right on. Oh, by the way, uh, the guild says hi. You know, awesome. I, I don't know if you know this that I'm a member of the guild. I don't know. If oh, you know I know, no, yeah. I, I I love the guild because um for a lot of reasons, but like every conference that we go to, there's always at least one member from the guild. Like I feel like the guild is right. ever present. Um, so yeah, anyway, that's, uh, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. They, they say, uh, three of them are three musicians in the guild are actually working on a, a blueprint yes. right now with I, some artists. I, I love well what, the what the guild is doing and every collaboration. I mean, it's, it's very unique and it's very unexpected what, where the guild goes and, you know, all the blueprints they've done, um, and all the, cl the collaborations they've done have always been exciting. So. Yeah, I've always found it interesting because it kind of pushes me out of my comfort zone. You know, they'll say, mm. okay, you're going to do this now. And it's kind of a bit of a uh, curveball. You know, you don't know what you're going to get, you know, and so you kind of have to play with that. But it's good as an artist to do that. Yeah, that's what art should, art should push us, both collectors and creators. 
so I see on your collection you do have a number of these async uh, music blueprints. Is yeah. there one of them that's like, oh yeah, I'm so glad I got that one. Like I'm looking and I'm seeing the, you know, for example, the the recent one uh, with uh, it just says mix number twelve, mix number thirteen, and I was noticing just even just in the vocals there were different effects on the voice and so forth. Um, is there one that you're like, oh, I'm I'm glad I snagged this one in particular? Yeah, so I'm going to pull up my thing here. Um, so those mixes were from Connie Digital. Um, he did a really awesome music uh, blueprint. Um, I mean, he's always doing he, basically everything he does. He only does it if it's something that's pushing himself. And in this one, mm -hmm. he was basically doing like a virtual CD. So he was like reimagining CD distribution. So the song, okay. the, 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 each piece actually just looks like a CD and there's different different covers right, and all that. Right. But what some of them look exactly the same, except that there's a different um, quality effect on it. So some of the CDs are pristine, some of the CDs are scratched and like, okay. like uh, old. So that's the concept, like it's a CD collection and that it's a, like the whole collection, it's a mixture of like, oh, you're kind of pawing through your CD collection and some are, some right are on. used or brand new. Um, in terms of favorites, I mean, I liked getting some of those discs from Connie just because I'm uh, really happy when he, he uses the platform. Um, mm -hmm. The whatever mixes, this was yes. like a real um, surprise because these creators are relatively newer, I think, to the space. Okay. Um, it's a collaboration, but it just blew me away. Like, um, blew me away in the sense that like, I've been looping the music track <laughs> for like days, um, you know, different mixes. And, and here the mixes are wildly different. So like the, the, the person in, in, the, in the artwork, she has like different headphones, different expressions, mm -hmm. different eyes. Sometimes she's crying or happy, closing her eyes. It, it's just crazy. And each one corresponds to a different music track. So like some of the mixes are more retro and synthy. Some of them are more acoustic. Um, and so so the art, exploring. the image actually matches the music to some extent? Oh yeah. So every audio trait that you have has an associated uh, visual trait. So I see. Okay. I, I just assumed the two were kind of randomly generated, but they're actually no, 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 yeah. So I mean, they could be if the artist just kind of put it out arbitrarily, but if the artist wants, the artist could associate the crying state with like the down tempo acoustic version or like the happy state with like the more upbeat one. So like if they do it that way, then like you kind of can predict almost or get a feel of the piece by just looking at it. The piece here mm -hmm. behind me, um, homework, which was a collaboration with, you know, wine bags and Sharon Naomi and uh, a bunch of, a bunch of musicians, they did an amazing job where like the TV in the center, actually it tells you what it's going to sound like so like if you're watching oh, okay. tv this is like the boy band from the 90s and like you actually hear the boy band track if there's like a, a skeleton playing a trombone you're gonna hear a trombone in it so yeah they did a good job with that one um i, I mean i'm biased but i think i like all the, the music editions i collected so far um i'm also biased in that i think people's best work tends to be on async i think that like the platforms where you tokenize static work from like back in the day, like, okay, that's, it's, it's good to support the artist, but when they come to async, they make it uniquely for the platform and as, and it's the most current and it's the most web three native works. So. Mm -hmm. anyway. Well, I know for myself as an artist, because I'm also on known origin, but I am on async as well, but I have not yet minted anything because I'm still wrestling with, okay, I want this to be unique. Right. I know. Which okay. <laughs> yeah. There's that problem too. Does like you say, perhaps bring it a better quality, right. You know, because there is that, challenge of okay how am i gonna make this take advantage of the async platform as an artist yeah, yeah put yeah. pros and cons for sure um but i yeah. know when you do work on async it, it 
it probably will be one of your, your better ones, I think. Right. Okay. It's, it's like, yeah, you're gonna you're, you'll be thinking about it so long and eventually when you do it, it's like, oh, I finally got it. So hey, in cooperation with the Coin Network, I am presenting Atomic Zombies by D. Klein. You can find these at atomiczombies.io. We've got 10,000 zombies that will eventually be available, each with their own set of random generative characteristics. You can watch your zombies' characteristics unlock, emergent, evolve as they receive more attention online powered by the Koi Network and proof of real traffic. Check it out at atomiczombies.io. So it's very interesting to hear you talk about, of course, all these different developments. And of course, you also have the art blueprints which, yeah. you know, don't have the music element to them, but you can have uh, all kinds of stuff going on. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because that's pretty new, too. That's been around how long now? Half uh, a year? Yeah, yeah, half a year. We launched that in December. Yeah. Um, and so that's visual blueprints. Um, it's generative art. So as a creator, you're specifying all the possible, all the layers and all the possible traits for each layer. You're defining the rarity percentages of each trait. So again, like, let's say you're doing a face. It could be like 50% smile, 50% sad or 48% or sad, 2% laughing, uh, whatever you want. And a face is just one thing. We, you know, we, we see people do all sorts of generative art with it. Um, and that was basically, the idea was try to offer generative art to creators who aren't coders. So our async canvas tool, it's no code. You don't have to know how to program. All you have to do is know how to use like, it's kind of like a Windows 98 installation wizard or it just kind of steps you through screen by screen, like upload your layers, name your layer, do that. Okay. So if you can use, that app, um, which my grandmother can use, then you can then you can use this, um, and yeah, that, that was the idea. Just make it more accessible, because one of our theses is that like at async is that like the you know interactive art, generative art, they've existed before, like in, in in the past, but they've only been accessible to like interactive art. Like there might have been an installation like a MoMA uh, at, at different times where like oh you could actually you know the, the audience could change the layer. And like all right, great, but that was like one artist who had a team who had help. You know, why don't we make it available to the, you know, as many artists and creators as possible, because that's how a medium really evolves. It's not when mm -hmm. like one person comes through and does one specific concept, a medium evolves when it becomes a tool in everyone's hand. And that's when the weird new use cases of it are really going to get fleshed out. And, uh, and, and then it, it evolves, right? It doesn't, it, you know, it evolves at a glacier. It, it takes a million years for something to evolve if only one person's doing it a year. And so that's what we're right, doing with right, generative right. art now as well. That, you know, these PFP right. projects, these generative art projects last year, they were only accessible to artists who had, you know, funds to have a dev team, you know, a server engineer, a blockchain engineer, write a contract, a website. But now it's like, you don't need all of that. You can, any, any artist can create a generative art project now. And so let's right. see what happens, how the medium evolves. So where do you see this going over the next couple of years in terms of, you know, where, which direction is async pushing or where do you see the tech going? I, um, I think every artist will eventually do a generative art project at least once. I think every musician will eventually do a generative music project at least once. Um, it's kind of like in the future, everyone has their 15 minutes of fame. Like, well, every creator has a generative project at least once in their, their career. Um, I think that's just where art is going. Um, it's, you know, art has gotten inherently more technical over, over the, let's say, centuries. Um, mm -hmm. And now with blockchain, it's like, all right, art is going to get more blockchain-y. Um, even if the artist doesn't really you um, surface it, just the fact that you're collecting, you know, the fact that you're collecting it, and now we're thinking about what does it mean when I collect it? How does that affect the the art itself? 
So where is this going? Um, it's really just about accessibility still. Trying to make the tools as accessible to as many creators as possible. Get them to see that NFTs are a medium, not just a means to an end. It's not, hey, I can now sell my watercolor paints uh, um, by tokenizing them. It's like, oh, this is a new, this is a, a 21st century paintbrush. Um, why wouldn't you want to try it out? You know, like, anyway, that's where it's yeah. where we're trying yeah. to go. What do you think in terms of, you know, the barriers we're facing in terms of, uh, you know, just all the market hoopla and, you know, regulatory stuff and everything crazy going on in that space? Yeah, um, I think regulatory, I think actually we're okay on that. I mean, I know, I, I think regulation is coming. Um, I, I don't think it's ever going to be this, like, you can't go mainstream and have it be on the outskirts, be like this crypto anarchist thing. Like it goes mainstream and it becomes regulated. There are some chains that maybe are not regulated as much, but like, okay, mainstream, it gets regulated. Um, energy wise, again, there's chains that, that mitigate this, um, uh, proof of stake chains, ETH is moving to proof of stake like that again, like that's, and then even if you do want to attack proof of work, like, all right, well then we need to discuss like all the other, um, the alternatives and, and the, the downsides of those. So energy thing goes away. I think the biggest thing, hurting nfts right now adoption is just the um surprisingly the creators who are super resistant to it just in principle like i see mm. a lot of conversations on twitter and instagram where like creators are like i'm never going to do nfts and I, I feel bad when i see that because i'm like you're writing off an entire medium it's like they they're they're they're, they're almost treating like nfts are like a stock brand that they can boycott it's like no this is like email like you may not like hotmail as an example of email, but like you don't like email as a communication method, like um, because they don't understand like, yeah, they don't, they just don't understand it yet. And that's kind of one of the downsides of this like crazy fast bull market is that the past years have been like a whirlwind and people have learned about NFTs from not the best sources. And the first impression mm -hmm. means so much. So if your first impression mm -hmm. is, you know, a NFT project that rug pulled people, then you think, ah, NFTs are scams. It's like, all right, well, that's like saying your first email that you received in the 90s was from a Nigerian email prince, scam prince. And you're like, oh, emails are just for scams. Like, no, you know, they're used for so much more than that. Sorry, you got hit with a scam. Or, um, or if you got hit with a project that's kind of like, not rug pulley, but kind of low effort, kind yep. of, you know what I mean? So if that's your first encounter with NFTs, then they're like, oh, well, NFTs are used for like these, these these silly projects and it's like yep yeah they can be you know but they can be used for a lot more so i think that's the biggest thing hurting us but again coming back to the pullback the market pulling back means the space is a bit quieter which means that maybe we have a chance to re -go, go back to some of these creators and and um and and make progress again because I, I remember at, in 2020 before the bull market happened i remember we were making progress we were reaching out to some creators on instagram and saying hey like you know, we weren't calling it NFTs. We we're saying like, hey, would you be interested in making this new type of digital art? You yeah. know, let the NFT part come in later, but just get them excited about what's possible as opposed to, hey, do this project. You're gonna make a million dollars, and then they get they get upset when they, you know. Like, so it, it's it's a quieter time for us to approach creators and and bring them in. Well, and again, I feel it was a victim of its own success because you had yeah. stories in the news. People would see some 14 year old yep. kid making, you know, $18 million or something. And it's like, <laughs> well, you can't blame NFTs for that, right? You exactly. know, for giving people a false uh, expectation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Too fast. Too fast. Too soon. Um, I mean, can't put the genie back in the box, but we can at least have a second shot at, at bringing the, them on board. For sure. I'm curious if you have any thoughts on the uh, whole Toter controversy with Trash Art. Is that something you? Oh yeah, all? that's. 
I've, I follow that. I remember, okay, so if I remember correctly, super rare. Um, let's start with Robness, right? Like he yes. tokenized. Okay, I know it, it probably started before that, but I mean, that's when I think I began picking up on it. Um, I think it's interesting. I've collected a fair amount from Robness in the past. I know he's, uh, I know this trash art is bigger than just him, um, but I know that he kind of started it. Um, he and Max Osiris. Um, what I'm referring think, to, though, is that the Toter company is now requesting that all of those pieces be removed because oh, I, I didn't follow it's that. an okay, infringement that's... of their trademark, Toter. Is so it just the word that... Toter? Or just the yeah. yeah, the word Toter and images using Toter's containers. Wow. I mean, what about, isn't there like a fair use act or something? It seems a little extreme to me to be that wide of a a net that they seem to be casting. But OpenSea has has taken them down. Okay, that makes sense. I think I had a toter, I had a piece that was delisted the other day and I was like, oh. Yes. Wow. Um, I think it's a missed opportunity for sure. Uh, The way that Lamborghini did it, like toter should have leaned into this. It could have entirely interviewed. Yeah, made a lot of money off that. But um, I mean, it's kind of the way like YouTube is. YouTube is like a constant battle between Viacom and those companies like, you know, take down request, you know, songs and stuff. It sucks. It's, um, I mean, for trash artists, if they want to continue fighting that battle, then, you know, they'll continue fighting it. Um, I don't think I'm, I'm not invested enough into that particular cause to like pick up the fight there, but I, mean, right, right, yeah, right. I wish them the best, you know, cause I don't like takedowns. And I, I think, I think in the future, all NFTs will be like, uh, CCO, like I, I think the idea of chasing down copyrights on MTs is it's like whack-a-mole. Like that's no one wants to do that. Just anyway. Yeah, it seems to me like it could just be an endless battle because yeah. what's happened is in response to it, you know, a lot of these artists are just pumping out toter art like crazy. You know, <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> there's no way you're going to be able to keep it from being, you that's know, insane. seen. And you know, it's, it's just like you say, it's going to be whack-a-mole because they're like, oh yeah, watch this. It's a Barbara right? Streisand effect, right? Like, oh, yes. like take down these things. It's like, well, now people actually get back into it. They're like, oh, this took guys more. Whereas before, I don't know. I felt like it was kind of dying down. Like people were forgetting about it and just yeah. ignore it and it'll go away. Anyway. Yeah. But the tricky thing being, if you buy one, it could soon be delisted soon, you know, after yeah. you buy it. So I don't know what kind of impact that has. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's, you know, it's, it's too bad doesn't yeah. make sense to me it's like you said they should they should take advantage of the, the free pr they're getting really yeah i mean it's and, a garbage can out. what's the harm in having pictures of garbage cans to your company i okay if i were to like mock trial take their side for one instance i could be like well maybe if they associated their toter brand with like this weird glitchy art movement it could hurt business down the line or like some law school is like well we're not going to do business with this toter company because they have weird glitchy stuff when i do when i google their site again i'm trying to stretch our mind about we're going to use generic garbage cans instead exactly yeah yeah the toter brand is tainted maybe that's what they're afraid of um it's so weird i i I think they should just do a toter pfp official toter pfp (laughs) yes robness go to the guy direct work with him do a big collection of like a million toters and they'll 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 bring a lot of value to shareholders if, you know totally you could have like vaporwave toters you could mm-hmm. have like toters with generative music with oh, them yeah i mean i'm, I'm joking amazing. but also I'm, I'm not joking like that would make it's, money that would sell <laughs> it's a legit opportunity it's true. Yeah. yeah someone's got to talk to toter and, and get them to understand us maybe it's you conlon 
Uh, I, I'm, I'm guessing that <laughs> probably an older team. I'm, maybe they don't, probably don't understand Web3. So. Probably not. Yeah. But they might have had someone on their board that's like, hey, we don't want anything to do with this NFT stuff like you were mentioning, yeah. you know? And yeah. Oh, and Lamborghinis did the same thing. I, uh, something similar, you know, they began take down requesting Lamborghini art and like, man, they could have such a missed opportunity there. So many wealthy holders who love the Lambo brand. You could have had tokenized Lamborghinis. You could have had all sorts of crazy promo. They could have, yeah, they could have owned the Web3 space. It's true. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because, you know, you have, you know, like what you were talking about in terms of, you know, people not understanding the tech, looking at email as a scam or, mm. you know, I mm. remember conversations about texting. It's like, but why would I text someone when I can just phone them? Right. <laughs> oh, God. I, I remember those you conversations. Know? Yeah. 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 I'm now it's like, don't call. I've said that myself. No, I mean, I, I think um, I, I remember getting on Twitter for the first time thinking, oh, this is so dumb. It's just, this is so dumb. It's all photos of people's food. And then now it's like, here I am spending most of my life on Twitter. Um, <laughs> it still is kind of dumb, but I spend all my life on it. Yes. Yeah, I spend all my life on it. Yeah. So I, I yeah, you know, technology is weird like that. Now you don't want anyone to call. Like I don't, I don't answer my phone at all anymore. It's all scams. Voicemail yeah, suck. <laughs> voicemail and phone numbers are scams now. Text is like, oh, that, that's a legit. Yeah, right. Content. Funny. Uh, you want to maybe end off things with, uh, you know, something you're working on here in the next few months or developing or. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, drop you know, some info. Yeah, so we're still really focused on, you know, blueprints, generative art and music, um, making it more accessible. Um, do expect a, you know, a design refresh coming uh, within okay. the next month. Um, pretty clean refresh. Just kind of the site has grown so much that we're like, all right, let's let's like refresh it all with everything we we're doing, as opposed to like before we're kind of piecemealing things along. Um, we did announce a partnership back with Mona Gallery. Right. Um, a couple months ago, that's going to finally come to, to full fruition. The idea there is that we launched a small set of token gated spaces where if uh -huh. you make a blueprint collection, you could have a token gated virtual space. And when I say token gated, it means you have to have one of the addition NFTs to access that virtual space. We did that with, you know, a couple partners, um, Janice, uh, uh Milstrom, the, the DJ X copy for his grifter bar, Coldy. And now that will be widely accessible to any creator who wants to do, do a, a, have a space, a template space for them to, to use. Um, so that'll be rolling out pretty soon, next couple of weeks. Um, and I'm excited about that because again, it's um, trying to lower the barriers to, all right, you don't have a dev team, you don't have someone who can build this metaverse space for you, but you wanna have a, a community space that's only accessible to your holders. You can hold events there, um, meet and greets, guest hosts, maybe just sound baths, meditations, whatever you wanna do in your space, you can, it's yours. Um, that'll be available. Um, yeah, you know, just trying to grow, grow the, the tool. Right on. Well, Hey, I really appreciate you taking the time to have the conversation with me and I wish you all the best with, uh, all your future plans. Yeah. And looking forward to your, uh, your racing piece. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I got to figure it out. I do a lot of, you know, like feminine kind of, uh, beauty type stuff. And I'm mm. wondering about doing something with like features that could kind of overlap and, but you know you have to do it in a way that it all works together you know so that's that's the part that will take some time to figure out i think hmm. yeah i think it could be cool though yeah or if you have a musician you want to collaborate with you could do an audio Mm-hmm. yeah I'll, I'll have to tap into the talent at the guild and see what yeah. people say <laughs> right on well thanks a lot and uh, i appreciate the time you took to talk with me absolutely yeah thanks right on take care
Thanks again for listening to the Non-Fungible Podcast. See you again soon.